Welcome to the table. Welcome to our table called Bread and Wine. And we invite you to this table. <laughs> Isn't that right, Carl? That's correct. You are invited. You are invited. Isn't it amazing how most of the most amazing conversations that we have with people oftentimes take place over a meal? Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Most of Jesus's big time conversations took place over a meal. And so come and snack with us on the bread and the wine. My name is Seth and this is Carl. Introduce yourself, Carl. Hey, my name is Carl. <laughs> Does it ever get redundant that we always introduce ourselves? This like, I don't know. Maybe somebody's never listened before and they're like, hey, even though I know your names are Seth and Carl, like I would really love it if you introduced yourself again. Maybe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, today um, we're kind of jumping on the train of a very amazing thing that's happening um, really across America. Um, and I'm sure you've heard about it. If you haven't, we will explain to you in brief detail what is taking place. Um, but what essentially started, I don't know, over a week ago now at um, Asbury College in Kentucky um, is what many are calling a revival. And uh, what, we're, what we've seen happen is basically 24-7 worship, prayer, confession, and repentance um, break out at this college. And people from really all over the nation have flocked to come to um, Asbury and experience uh, God's presence. Um, and so there's been... Other revivals, um, if, if you want to call them that, break out over, uh, all over America as well, especially in the South. Um, just in our territory, there's been worship and prayer and repentance break out at many of the colleges here in Nashville um, and abroad. So uh, yeah, we just want to jump on this conversation topic that is heavily on the body of Christ um, and give our thoughts on it, but also have a very healthy conversation about Okay, so revival um, is happening. There's there's hearts being revived to live for Christ. What now? What now? What do we do? How do we how do we approach this? How do we interpret this? And and I don't think there's a you know we all need to you know give our opinions on it or anything. Um, we just need to be thankful for what God is doing. But also there is a practical step in this: is saying, okay, I've had this amazing encounter with God. I've had this. I've been awakened to the presence of God and I've left this place of revival or wow. I've left this place where I've truly met him for the first time. What does that mean for my life now? What do I do with that? And, and how do I, how do I begin to process that in my normal everyday life? Um, so yeah, we invite you to listen to our conversation on that today. Um, but without further ado, uh, Carl, what are your thoughts on this Asbury revival and, and what God is doing across the South here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, really cool. Um, I, I obviously love things like this, but the question that <clears throat> was like popping in my head just now, like when you were talking, was like, what is revival? Mm -hmm. um, what is revival? Because if 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 it's simply um, just people, I guess, going to a place like Asbury and sitting around the presence of God, we can have revival every single day and it doesn't yeah. have to be at Asbury. Um, however, I think that places like Asbury where people have been maybe cold or, or have not been following the Lord for a while, maybe they had an interaction with God or an encounter with God and an experience with God earlier in life. And, um, 
it's been a long time since they felt connected to God or a community that's also seeking after God. I think places like Asbury are, are really powerful. Also, I think that, you know, in the last days, as we continue to get closer and closer to the Lord's return, that, that there will be more and more um, um, places and events like that. Um, I just, I, I, I don't, hmm, how do I say that? I don't think that it's required to go to a place like Asbury to encounter God, to yeah. experience God, to be around other people that are chasing after God. Um, it's a great place for God to birth something. Yeah, um, It's a great place for God to birth and to release um, his heart and his, his mind, you know, over us, his presence over us. Um, and it's just interesting. It's an interesting conversation because it has to have somewhere to go. Like an outpouring has to have somewhere to go. An outpouring has to have somewhere to flow. And so, um, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't made it to Asbury yet. So it's hard for me, um, to say exactly what I think of the situation. I know a ton of people that have gone and are just talking about how sweet it is. It's, it's really a, an amazing thing and an amazing movement of God that, that he's pouring out on, on people and especially people um, who are in college right now and the younger generation. I think um, I, I've heard so many people talk about that, that people are just searching for something real and authentic and, 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 and um, true, you know, there's, there's so much um, zooming around um, for, for a person who's in college right now, that age group um, from the world and from the enemy and from, you know, the circumstances of life and, and whatever. So when, when they encounter God at a place like Asbury, it's like, whoa, this is real. Like God's real. He loves me. I, I can follow him. Like um, it, it opens up a whole new world. And then after that happens, then we have to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, not just, you know, at a, at a big revival service. Um, again, I feel like the way I'm, I'm talking about it is like, I'm, I'm not against revival services breaking up. It's amazing. I just, what I'm saying is afterwards, um, it does have to have somewhere to go. Um, and, and I think that as the body that we're called to steward moves of God like that together, it's not something that we can do alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. And, uh, I think what, what, one thing we're seeing with these, um, revivals breaking out everywhere is it's, it's telling me that our, you know, our age group and younger, um, we've been so stimulated our whole lives. Uh, we've had a phone in our hands. We've had TV available everywhere. We've had headphones in, iPads, computers, uh, basically the whole world at our fingertips. Technology at our fingertips. Entertainment, stimulation, anytime we want it. Anytime we want it. And so for for people to go and encounter a place where there is none of that and just to say, God wow. is here. Wow. People are here that are worshiping God. Um, there's no strings attached. They don't want anything from me. This is wow. solely Jesus. Uh, it's pure and it's holy. There's no gimmicks. There's no, let me try to sell you something or get you here. It's like, it's just Jesus. It's And it's just family. That's it. Jesus and family. And and what, what we've seen in these... Um, Revival is breaking out is I've seen a lot of pictures of kids praying for each other 
And that's how this whole thing started. If you didn't know how this whole thing started, by the way, it started when a, um, yeah, a gospel choir group sang a few more songs than they were supposed to, technically, quote unquote, than they were supposed to at a chapel service. They just kept singing. And so it was out of the program, right? It broke out of the program. It broke out of the mechanization of, of whatever we had set scheduled. They broke out of the program. They didn't follow the program. And so what happened after that was students started to stick around and they started to gather in groups and start praying. And and even after the gospel choir stopped singing, they kept praying because they recognized that what is happening here, it's, it's deeper than just this chapel service we're at. It's deeper than this programized requirement I have for my college. God is here. Um, we have prayer needs. We all have needs. Wow. And it actually broke through the surface. It broke through the surface. And so uh, my prayer, my deep desire is that for these students and everyone that's attending these revivals and awakenings, that um, as they break through the surface, that the surface level stuff would, would no longer satisfy them Amen. anymore. And I don't think it's ever satisfied. You know, right. I don't think it's ever truly satisfied. It's it's appeased maybe for a moment. The the you know, I go to church, I listen to a sermon for an hour, I go home. It's appeased because maybe you feel good or you're encouraged, but it's never satisfied like it's truly meant to. Wow. Um, and so my prayer with this revival and everything that's happening is that people are awakened to genuine family, family, uh, and and that's something that we've really been trying to tap into here. Um, with our groups is what does family look like? And, and me and Carl have been talking like we really believe the family of God. And as these people go back to their homes and churches and events and life, that family is going to be the vehicle, if you will, that's going to keep this passionate fire for God going. Yeah, um, That's the vehicle that yeah. God instituted in his scriptures. And so we, we, we do want to talk a little bit about what is family. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's so good. Um, I, I love that, that idea that family is the vehicle for, um, revival to be stewarded and carried. And, um, I was just thinking about, um, honestly, I was on the way here today and just thanking God for, for all kinds of different things. But one of the things I was thanking him for specifically, and you know, it was one of those moments where you just, the Holy spirit just comes and he's just like empowering you to say thank you to the father, you know, and one of the things I'm really thankful for is good friends in my life. Um, family, I think for me, it's 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 a lot of different things. Um, however, one of the things that I think for me that family um, has given to me is to be um, vulnerable and authentically to be myself. And honestly, like learning what that even looks like. And um, what I was thinking about was how when you get into the presence of God and you're encountering the Lord, you're worshiping him, you're praying to him and you're, you're surrounded by all these other people. What I first began to encounter was this ability by the Holy spirit to be vulnerable before my father who art in heaven. And at that point I'm able to say, hallowed be thy name, God, your kingdom come, your will be done because 
I really do want it to be on earth as it is in heaven because I'm experiencing the Lord and I'm, I'm, I'm encountering him in, in a way where I'm coming to him saying, hey, Lord, like I'm actually really broken in this area. I'm actually really struggling in this area. I'm actually really unsatisfied in this area. And like, here I am, God. You said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God, you said that if I draw near to you, you that you'll draw near to me. God, you said all these things. God, you said that I can come before the throne of grace boldly in my time of need because of the blood of Jesus. And so like to be able to come to the father in a place of like, Hey, I'm really vulnerable right now, God. And Hey, like I'm really actually needing you, um, to, 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 to be here for me, to hold me, to, to comfort me, right? I need the comforter father to comfort me in this situation or that situation, in my uncertainty, in my doubt, in my fear, in my circumstances, in my lack of finances, in my worry, in my anxiety, in my, misunderstanding or misconception of a certain idea and I really am needing some clarity. I'm really needing God to be there for me. I'm, I was just imagining how in those moments at places like Asbury or moments of, of, of encounter nights at a church or moments of prayer nights um, with a body of believers, how you're getting vulnerable and you're coming before the Lord and you're saying, here I am, God, here I am. Here's all I have. Here's who I am. I want to know you. I forsake it all just to see your face, God. I'm forsaking it all. I'm, I'm choosing to lay down my life and to, and to pick up my cross and to chase after you with everything I have in this moment, God, right now. And when you have a bunch of people doing that together, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. And, 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 and that's what you know we're seeing at Asbury. However, with all that being said, God gives us his family. Like God gives us brothers and sisters that we can do that with as well, because if we're made in his image and, and we're, 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 um, supposed to, um, exemplify what the father looks like to one another, um, to a lost and dying world. If Jesus was able to say, um, I only do what I see the father doing. And he tells Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Um, so should we be able to say, Hey, like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. However, like, I want to have a relationship with the Lord where I can say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father in the sense of this is what the Father has shown me about himself. These character traits that I'm choosing to um, share with you or that, that you see in me, I want to be able to say, that's my Father actually, because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the, in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when we're in a family with other believers, we're able to come to each other vulnerably and bare and raw and real in, in a way that we can't with other people. To have family for me is to have people around me that I can come to on my worst day or my best day and say, this is what it is. Here's who I am. I'm just laying it out. But to have people that you can trust with those deep and intimate parts of your of yourself with, like... The world is so unable to do that. Mm -hmm. It's all surface level. I love yeah. how you said that, bro, about it's breaking through the surface. Like that's that's one of the things that's happening at this revival. And that's one of the things that's happening right now. I feel like in the family of God is we're breaking through the surface level interaction and engagement with each other of, hey, brother, good to see you this week. Hey, brother, hope you have a blessed week on, see you next Sunday. Yeah. And and that's it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, that's not, yeah. the, I need more than that, bro, desperately. In fact, my life, right. my life depends on it. Um, and so for me, a big part of that is, is having a family that I can be authentically me with and have conversations and, and walk through situations in life with. Amen. Amen. And we were just talking how, um, 
talking about how there's really an invitation from God into this. Uh, we, at least I used to think it like this, and a lot of people do, that um, we come together and we invite God to come. Um, but I want to encourage you to contemplate this, that God has already invited us to his table. He's already in, invited us into his presence. Um, the invitation is up to us if we will come and seek it and go after it and be hungry enough. Are, are you hungry enough to sit at the Lord's table uh, that he's already prepared? And what we're seeing at Asbury is people that are hungry enough to say, I want to come and eat the Lord's table today. Um, but but guess what? <laughs> the Lord's table is not limited to one location. It's not limited to one mysterious set of time. It's available. Um, and so the family of God, I think one of the most prominent um, things that stands out, this is a family of God that says we come together and we seek the presence of God together. Um, and we come to sit at his table. And when, you know, when I invite you over to my house for dinner, we take the time to seek God together and make ourselves aware of his presence because he is here. He's already here. He's been here and he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. Um, and as we eat tonight or as we, uh, you know, as we go to the basketball game to watch our sons and daughters play, um, we're feasting with him um, because our conversation is centered around him our thoughts our everything 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 is holy and it's set apart and it's with those that we are being vulnerable with like you were saying um that the vulnerable ones that that know the deep and inner parts of ourselves um we are invested in each other's life we're praying for each other we're checking up on each other we're making intentional time to be together um and that was actually one of the things from this past week uh, at our um, our house church called Rooted. We meet once a week, and we're together for about three or four hours, right? And we're praying and worshiping and having fun together and all this. But uh, some of this, some of the people they started to say, "I I get really built up, and I feel great the pat for the, like, the next few days after we meet." Um, but I really start to drop off towards the middle to end of the week. But then when I get here, I'm better again. And so, I mean, almost in my mind, I was like, duh, (laughs) like we need to see each other more than once a week. Like we need to be involved in each other's lives more than once a week. (laughs) And and so we're starting to institute a dinner on Tuesday nights so we can have another touch point in family. Um, Yeah. And let that, let that do its, do its job. Let that do, all, all the stuff that we're longing for, um, accomplish community, strengthening friendship, strengthening encouragement, and encouraging each other in prayer, um, encouraging each other to overcome temptations. All that stuff will happen when we get together. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but yeah, family is an invitation that we have set before us, and we're invited to the table. We're invited to the table that God's prepared, um, and so... You know, as people are experiencing this great revival of their hearts and souls and minds and strengths, um, our encouragement is uh, don't let it die out because you lost the connection with the main source. Right. Get back into it with your family. And if you don't have a family, ask God for one and start creating one, putting putting one together. Invite people over to your house. 
um, to seek the presence of God together. Don't let the passion and fire die out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted I wanted to read something that that um, you wrote <laughs> um, in one of your journals. Um, we, we I'm laughing because like we we were like searching everywhere for this journal. Um, I, I right when I first started like getting plugged in here, we used to do this like prayer um, thing Friday mornings. Um, and and one, anyway, one Friday I came and I was like I was just like moseying around. I don't like just like run around and like grab people's notebooks and read them typically like I'm not that guy. But but for whatever reason, I just I saw this notebook next to me and I opened it up and there's like nothing in it. Like I don't think there was anything in it. And like it was one of those, you know, notebooks that you're thumbing through and you you flip through and there's like one page that has like some stuff written on it like in a random location. It's like how is that there? And why is that there? <laughs> and, and so I grabbed Seth's notebook and uh, thank you for your forgiveness for, I didn't mean to just go through your stuff, but I really I do care. believe it was like ordained. <laughs> so um, I, I read something that he had written down in like one of his like personal notebooks. And um, it was in reference to family and community. Um, and, and this is something Seth and I are both very, very passionate about. I was actually like going through some old journals and stuff like that. And I've just really been in a place of like reflecting with the Lord on things that he's spoken over my life recently and trying to remember, um, you know, some different things that God's spoken to me. And, and anyway, um, one of those things for me is, is seeing families birth. And when I say families, I'm talking about <clears throat> groups of believers that, that love their, their father and love their Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And, who can be in family and community together. Um, I want to do that for the rest of my life. I want to see that for the rest of my life until I go to be with the Lord. But, um, and there too. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and there too. Let it not stop Jesus. Thank you. Um, and so I, um, I had been around some mature, um, bodies of believers at this point, And this is probably like a year or so ago, man. Um, I, I don't know, give or take, but anyway, I, I was, I had been around some mature families of believers who were really walking together in fellowship and community. And I saw it and I, I was like, Lord, I like, I need this. I need this in my life. Like, where can I find community? God, like, where can I find people that, that, that love you and that will love me and, and just love me for me. And anyway, so it's literally just me in this room in, 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 um, the house that we meet at for rooted. And I picked up this journal. I'm just going to read this cause Seth wrote it. And, um, yeah, so it says at the top, it says details of what um, true community is. And so it says, imagine if you had a group of people in your life that would, at the drop of a hat, be there to pray for you if you were just sick or needed healing. A family that prayed together, ate together, um, helps helps you with your anxieties, went to each other's houses and parties, Helped each other financially, sacrificed times, efforts, and I can Oh, and money, um, because they just love you. What if they were all pursuing God together as a family, and it wasn't a show? A one-hour sermon is not enough to create the type of community that Jesus had with his disciples. If Jesus spent most of his time with family, in with his disciples, shouldn't we? If not. We are missing something. Our family called the bread is committed to helping build other families like this with Jesus' spirit as our leader, 
as we intentionally love one another and ask God to multiply it. And in that moment, it sounds like such a simple thing reading back through it, but in that moment, it it like pierced my heart and I just started weeping. I was like, this is exactly what I've been praying for. This is exactly what I've been praying for. And, and shouldn't um, an outpouring of God's spirit, like the one that we're talking about at Asbury, then produce fruit that, that, that produces a community or family similar to the one that Jesus himself was walking in? Yeah. Because if we're being obedient to his spirit, after, after a great outpouring like that, shouldn't we see fruit that produces family? Shouldn't we see fruit that changes communities? Shouldn't we see fruit that allows us to chase after the presence of God together? And shouldn't it multiply, mm. right? Like in, in the early book of Acts, when there was that great outpouring um, on Pentecost, thousands of believers came to believe and, and, and they were all fellowshipping with one another. They were giving up their possessions, their times, all like everything that we just read, like that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. People were repenting and coming to the Lord and times of refreshing came. And so, so it, it should look, it should look like that. I think I should, it should look like that. I think after, you know, big outpourings that, that we should see fruit and it should multiply. Um, yeah. And, and so I really just want to encourage you if you're listening and you don't have a community, ask, ask the Lord for a community mm. And, and, and if, if you if you feel led by the Spirit to go to um, see what God's doing in a place like Asbury, go. Go and receive what He has for you. But don't let it stop there. Bring mm-hmm. it back, you know. Um, bring it back to the community that God's called you to. Because you're, you're not called to go and then just never do anything with it. You're called to go experience the Lord and then and then remain steadfast continue to seek the Lord and find other people that are hungry to do the same because that's why those moments are so powerful is because like Seth's saying, you're, you're around other people that are hungry and thirsty for the Lord. You're, 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 you're surrounding yourself with people that are hungry and willing to sit at the table with the Lord. Amen. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Having fun together is really important. <laughs> Having fun with your family. That's what I was going to say. Because I was just... <sighs> he wants us to have fun together. Like, to enjoy, like, to do fun stuff yeah. together. Because yeah. um, he he made us um, for joy, too. Like, <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. So, whatever family this is... Um, you don't always have to get together and make it about prayer, reading the Bible, or it's good, or seeking His presence. Go play some mini golf, or go on a trip, or go on a hike, or um, whatever it is that you like to have fun doing. Spread some straw. Come on, bro! <laughs> I will a- spread some straw right now. Uh, I I think revival. <laughs> it looks. I think it looks a lot less like this amazing spiritual experience, and a lot more like 
real life and the areas in our lives that are maybe more mundane yes are getting the joy of the lord Mm. they're they're finding their purpose they're finding their place Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't always have to be having this amazing spiritual experience. And if we're not like, if we're not being shocked by the Holy Spirit and on the floor, or if we're not being, um, I I don't know, whatever it is, casting demons out, or if we're not in this intimate moment with the Lord all the time that we're missing it or we're missing family, it's not true. Right. Um, I actually think most of the moments with Jesus and his disciples. Or probably them just shooting the bull around a campfire, talking about life. Maybe they threw rocks at each other. <laughs> Not like hard. But they were like, hey, you're funny, man. Like, let me toss a rock towards yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but think about it. Like, we, we, have a, we have a picture of Jesus and his disciples in the scriptures, and it's all amazing ministry moments. But think about all those times in between those. Walking to the next town, mm. or maybe they were done ministering mm. to that person that day, and they went back to their campsite and had a fire, and they had to cook food together, and they probably joked around, and you know, um, probably eighty-five percent of their time was spent not doing ministry. Right. Um, yeah. And we need to cultivate that too, and that's a good thing. Yeah, to be honest, like that was one of the things that about this community specifically, like with with that that you know, at the bread and it rooted and um that was one thing I saw was that um like after those moments of prayer, there was like deep and authentic relationships happening and I had never seen that before. I didn't know how to process it. It wasn't all about doing ministry, doing ministry, doing ministry. Mm-hmm. There was deep relationships that were already there yeah. and that were formed and also being formed and um thank you for inviting me into that bro of course like thank you because i had i was invited into it too yeah Hmm. yeah i I mean just to reiterate that and um yeah maybe we're closing up here but if if you have to kind of delineate your friendships from like those are my ministry friends and then these are my real life friends um god doesn't want that for you I used to, I used to kind of be my story where I would go to whatever ministry event night and be like, oh, those are the friends that I see there, or those are my ministry friends, or we're only friends for that three hours, and then I never see them the rest of the, the time or whatever. Um, or it's really the level of depth that I know them as is ministry people. Uh, there's so much more for for us than that. Yeah. Uh, so much more. There's so much more into the family that uh, you, there's so much deeper into the family you can go, um, so much deeper. So, there's a dog barking. Yeah, he's a corgi. <laughs> <laughs> what even are those? They're awesome, bro. What even are corgis? They're cool, dude. Oh. Well, I guess we're going to wrap this episode up. Maybe not the most uh, (laughs) spiritually revelatory one, but hopefully. (laughs) I'm just going to stop. What's happening? (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Bread of Mind podcast. (laughs)